Welcome to episode 12 of the Breakaway Fantasy Football Podcast. My guest this week, the first three-time guest, and the man that uh, put his hand in the air when I sent up the bat signal for guests this week, Ed Lamb. Uh, good evening. Uh, a bit of a late one tonight, but, you know, desperation call, so I thought I'd, uh, I'd answer the prayer. I felt like we had to get the pod up before the Thursday night game, but yeah, our, our respective schedules this week have been a bit of a mess, haven't they? So uh, the pod will not go up until late. I'm sure Rawlins will still listen to it within three minutes of it starting. So, Well, the first 10 minutes and then have to listen to it again. <laughs> uh, about eight, eight chunks, but there we go. I'll probably get my feedback at sort of 10 o'clock tomorrow morning rather than eight. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> How have you been, mate? You all good? Yeah, all good, mate. Yeah, another good week. Uh, it's the, the Thanksgiving week, isn't it? It's it's it brings it around quick. It's it's arguably probably the best best week of the year, possibly if if you maybe take out the the, the Christmas week, depending on when it falls, because that can real really sort of put things up. But yeah, Thanksgiving weeks uh, it's it's good on the Thursday, but when it comes to the Sunday, that is always a little bit disappointing, isn't it? Because you're like, oh, there aren't many games anymore. So it's a bit yeah, gets a bit like that, doesn't it? Having the World Cup mixed in as well this year has yeah. been uh really, really good. There was just so much sport over the weekend to watch and I was away with some mates, so it was just like a absolutely brilliant weekend. Yeah, it does does help doesn't it when there's a a, a chunk of sport to, to to sink your teeth into. Hell yeah. Right, mate. Uh, so usual format this week, headlines, review, preview, special feature, questions at the end with a slight twist that uh, it's not all just going to be questions at you or for you. So I believe there's some questions for me, uh, which I look forward to greatly. You say um, that now. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Right. So into the headlines. Um, well, we talked about Thanksgiving. So um, let's kind of talk about those those three Thanksgiving games, the Thanksgiving feast. Um, apart from the pretty vibrant debate we had in the uh, in the chat this week about roast potatoes and Thanksgiving power rankings, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Did you have a good time? I know you were with the little man, so I did. Yeah, we I cooked a little little Thanksgiving for him, and he he, he ate most of everything, which is for him is is a is a pretty good one. And I've got him to watch about. A good fifteen minutes of of the of the of the Lions game. You know, he was very interested in the uh, the, the national anthem, what was going on there. So that that was quite good. And uh, I said, "Do you want to support one of these teams, the Lions or the Bills?" And he said, "No." So that was good. That was that was good. So I was quite quite thankful about that. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was good. Uh, you uh, enjoy your trip with Falmouth, wasn't it? You went to in the end down down in Falmouth. It was a great trip. Uh, yeah. Obviously, because of the time we travelled, I watched. Um, most of the uh, Bills Lions game in the car, uh, sat, <laughs> sat in the back so that I could watch it on my phone. Um, and then we got into Falmouth and went to the the Verdant Tap Room and um, watched the end of the game with a couple of beers in there before heading to the house we were staying at. First thing I did, like you know, get through the front door, break out the PlayStation setup, get Game Pass on the go, and, and we had the Cowboys Giants game on live. So Love yeah, it all worked out really really well this year. Excellent. Should we talk about the games a little? Yeah, we might. As well, yeah, it's good to watch. You know, watch full games, isn't it? You know, it doesn't happen too often as these days as much as I used to. But yeah, yeah. So Bills Lions, um, massively dramatic ending. Uh, I was sat in that tap room thinking, "Wow, Lions have done amazing here!" Like come back, and then uh, they let Josh Allen uh, 
hit Stefan Diggs for 35 yards with 27 seconds to go to set up a field goal to to win the game. Uh, just when they uh, thought they they'd sent it to overtime, um, it was a brilliant pass, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 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 that you look at the Lions all season, really. It's just that that defense has just let them down. That you know, offensively, they can, you know, what they four and seven, they can, you know, they can keep up with teams, um, but they just you you can't give Josh Allen that much time. You know, he's no. he's just it. It statistically hasn't been because of the injury and everything like that. But you you just you just look at that guy, you think it puts the team on his back. You know, it, it it reminds you of a kind of, to some extent, a bit of a Brett Favre, you know, banged up, doesn't care what, what his stats look like, he's going to try and win you the game. And that was, you know, very apt. Yeah, he had an up, up and down game, mixed bag, as we would say, mixed, if we, mixed were, bag, yeah. we were playing FIFA. Um, the Lions basically threw the game away, I thought. They had a fumble, a safety and a missed field goal. Uh, and basically allowed the Bills back into the game. And, and you know, Josh Allen made them pay as he's done with many teams uh, over over the years. So, um, yeah, really important win, I think, for the Bills to, um, you know, to, to stay with their record where they are because the Dolphins now look really, really strong, although they got a tough game against the Niners this week. So I, I think that game was, was more important than we ever thought it would be three or four weeks ago. Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, isn't it? You, you, you like you almost expect the Bills to, to at the start of the season or just generally how they've played that they'd have a better than an eight and three record. But mm. yeah, it just seems sort of very important considering it, how tough their division is at the moment. And you know, in terms of what will go to head to number one rankings, there are a couple of teams at seven and four as well um, in the mix, which is going to be. Home field advantage is going to be massive come that AFC playoff push, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, any other thoughts on this game? Well, just a, a bit of a shout out to the Sun God, really. Nine receptions at 122 yards. <laughs> getting, it, getting it done for the Lions, you know, from a fantasy perspective. That guy, it was his first touchdown since week two, I think they said. Um, but, you know, good to see him back. He, you can tell, you know, he's a that their offensive weapon isn't isn't he like and everything goes through especially now you know Hawkinson's gone but everything goes th- through him when it when it's in the air and 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 you have to get the ball in his ha- find ways to get the ball in his hands yeah he's he's absolutely brilliant he's a, a receptions machine I was I saw a tweet earlier by Ian Hartitz around like how many receptions he's had in non-injury games and it's just staggering he's only had uh, of the last 14 games, he's only had one game where he had four. Other than that, every game above six and most of them eight, eight, nine, ten. So yeah. he's he's a, he's a really classy right runner, gets himself open um, and he doesn't seem to drop anything. So nice. um, great, great guy to have on your roster, Lam. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. So the, the second game then was the Cowboys versus the Giants as our resident Giants fan. Do you want to, uh, do you want to talk about this game a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. If I'm being brutally honest, I thought, I thought, well, the Cowboys are starting to get hot now. Um, you know, they've they've sort of settled that Pollard Zeke mix in the fact that you know they they there is no number one there anymore. It's very much split backfield. One of them will do. You know, one of them's gonna 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 do well. I mean, they both. They both were unbelievable in 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 what in what they did. Um, I thought the Giants' defense was 
played unbelievably well considering how banged yeah. up it was. Um, both starting corners out, and you're asking them to um, and you're asking them to cover CD Lamb, you know, out of the back, and then and then you've got the backfield of of Zeke and Pollard, you know, and Dalton Schultz as well. Michael Gallup, you know, that's not a that's not easy by any stretch of the the imagination. Um, no, and definitely. for them to to you know shut them out completely in the first quarter, I thought was impressive. Um, you know, to to be able to keep Vanilla Vic in the game somewhat was 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 good. I mean, they forced turn two turnovers, didn't really do anything with it. Um, just struggled to get. We we didn't run the ball. We didn't come out pat. We didn't come out running the ball, which it was seeming you know to work to some extent. But yeah. um, we just couldn't get Saquon going. Um, in 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 the pass and all the run game. Um, which. Which was slightly slightly worrying. Uh, the O lines banged up against that Dallas defense. You don't, you know, it makes very good offensive lines look 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 ordinary, doesn't it? Um, at at yeah, the best the Cowboys, of times. Cowboys defense was good. The Giants defense was good. I thought, you know, Giants going in was it thirteen nine at half time? I thought, well, they've got a really great chance here because they yeah. stifled uh, they'd stifled the Cowboys offense. They forced two interceptions from Prescott. Um, but I think in the second half, Prescott and his weapons just they just had enough. Um, yeah. you know, like I said, Zeke had a good game, Schultz, um, C D Lamb, they they all got enough done. They just had the firepower that I just don't think the Giants quite have yet. And and hopefully they get there because um, you know, Vanilla Vic has got his faults, but he he's played really well and Saquon's obviously excellent. Uh, I think if they can add some more offensive firepower, this Giants team can be uh could be a real force. Um and, and that will make that NFC East uh absolutely amazing, frankly, next year. Yeah, I think if you'd have told me at the start of the season the Giants would be seven and four, um and Darius Slayton would be leading our leading leading the team in receptions. Um I'd have said what the hell's going on sort of thing. I mean, what really killed us is, was third down in that game. We were 27% on third down. You're not going to win any games going 27%, whereas the Cowboys were 63%. So, you know, that that sort of gives you gives you an idea of, of where the game was lost there, really. We just couldn't couldn't extend, you know, you think you extend one more of those drives, perhaps, you know, that's that's enough to, to see it, to, to squeak it out, as it were. So, yeah. Yeah, good game though. Good game. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, and then the final game, uh, Vikings versus Pats. Uh, this was a hell of a game. Uh, so I got up with a hangover and uh, <laughs> and, and stuck this game on straight away. I was the first one up, and um, it was just just a really great game to watch. I mean, there's not a lot more we can say about Justin Jefferson that we haven't already said in previous podcasts. Uh, this was the number one pass defense he was going against. He absolutely torched them, and he's now got the most yards by any receiver in their first three seasons, passing uh, Randy Moss, uh, who we may talk about later, um, but with six games to spare as well. I mean, Jefferson, undoubtedly the wide receiver one in the league, and uh, just a pleasure to watch, really. Yeah, I wrote I wrote down there in my, in my notes when it is JJ again question mark like you know how what more can you say is yeah. was it nine for hundred and thirty thirty seven is it or and uh, just just getting the ball find him and you know Captain Kirk gets it done again and I also wrote how are the Vikings nine and two yeah yeah so correct. Crazy season in that respect. Cousins now two and ten in prime time. 
Well, there you go. That's that's, that's <laughs> unbelievable. That is, but yeah, I mean, the Patriots as well. Just you look, you look at their. You think, bloody hell, they're well coached to be where they are with that 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 roster, aren't they? Yeah. It, you know, I I know the Jets and the Giants are getting a lot of uh, hype about being well coached, but good lord, that roster stinks, doesn't it? I, I mean, they're they're getting production and I don't really know how it's like you know Jacoby Myers obviously but like Tyquan Thornton and you know yeah, you look at you else. look at the names of some of the people that got receptions for the for the Patriots and you think who the bloody hell is that sort of thing you know you, you're going down you know <laughs> you're going down the list and you're thinking how has this happened you know but it just you know it's, it's the Belichick effect isn't it you know it's you put him with you put, you know, we've said it all along, haven't we? You put him with Brady, and you you get very average players into yeah. a very good position. But I think them at them at six and five is pretty pretty good, all things considered. I would agree. What did you think of the uh, Hunter Henry TD that was called back? It's it's hard to say, isn't it? Really, I mean, it's a bit the the refereeing. It's, it's it, I don't I don't know because that because there was the other one in the Giants game as well wasn't there that yeah. you, it it almost as if the referee is going to make the call on the field and then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna try and stick with whatever that what, what whatever you know if the re, if the referee if the referee calls on if they've got to have seen something that they really don't like you know that's going to cause them problems haven't they. Um, and you usually find that Belichick gets his gets his gets his uh, decisions. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like There's the NFL's got a, got to sort of make up its mind on this whole breaking the plane thing because you know on the one hand you can have a player you know reach out, put the ball slightly across the plane, pull it back, and that's a touchdown. You know you've seen it with like quarterbacks doing it, and then on the yeah. other hand you've got this where bought the ball. Cross the plane, it got two feet down, um, and then it's sort of forced out by the ground, and that doesn't count. I I think the NFL's either got to decide that you have really got to get in the end zone, or that as soon as the ball is caught and it's crossed the plane, that's it. It's a touchdown. Like you know, it's have, a lot of having, grey area, it, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, it just it just felt like um, it, it they'd ruled it by a different set of kind of conditions than they do when you've got like, uh, you know, somebody just reaching out over the pylon or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's that when the ball goes to the ground, it seems like there's a completely different set of rules than if it's crossing the play. And nobody really seems to know at what stage that kicks in and what, and so like it's, it must be hard for the players as well because if you think right, I know what I need to do. You know, I need. I know I need to. I need. No, I need to do this. If it's on camera, you think, well, it's going to get seen, isn't it? Like, do you know, you know. So you, you, if you know, I've done this. I've done this in the right place. You think there are hundreds of camera views of this. It's going to get. I'm, I'm, you know, because a lot, a lot of times you see it with some players and you're like they know that it's going to get overturned because they know they haven't kept it all the way to the ground. There's no point in trying to lie about it. It's, you know, it's, you're going to get found out, aren't you, to some extent. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. just just an, odd, just an odd... Yeah, it's always the gra- ground can't force the fumble, but then if you're crossing the plane, what's 
yeah, it's yeah. just a very if the ball moves a tiny bit after yeah. you've caught it, then you haven't completed the catch. It's just it all seems a little too technical, and it for me it just takes away the fun of like that's a great catch. That should be a yeah. touchdown. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, exactly you, you, yeah. They almost need like a referee of common sense to just go, <laughs> yeah, it's a touchdown, mate. Like you know, you've called it on the field. It's tough luck. You can't overrule that one now unless it's something clear and obvious. I believe is is the the terminology. Yeah, the... <laughs> and any other thoughts on Thanksgiving games? No, it's just good to see, good to see three good games. Yeah, because the problems that you've had over the last few years is that the Lions always play. And the Lions always get absolutely annihilated, don't they? Um, yeah. Um, so, which is, is nice and good, good to see, you know, I haven't seen the Giants play on Thanksgiving for a little while, which is not nice to get them back. I know that they've got more chance than most, I suppose. But yeah, it's good. Yeah. Good, good, to, yeah, good to get three good games and not all of them, you know, absolute blowouts, which, which we haven't had in the past. Yeah, I think me and Carl were saying last week it's hard to remember like a classic Thanksgiving game. And I'm not saying these necessarily were, but they were good quality games and fun and and interesting and competitive. So good Thanksgiving slate. Um, okay, rolling on then. Uh, our next headline is uh, Josh Jacobs. And I think you have to have a headline about a guy who goes for 303 total yards and gets the 86-yard game winner. Uh, he is, I believe, only the fourth player in the Super Bowl era to have 300-plus yards in a game. Uh, that was enough for 54.3 fantasy points, and he is now the number one running back on the season. Uh, he has been a league winner. Uh, well, he must be a league winner in redrafts, but he, he's looking like he could be a league winner for Steve as well, who took him in the eighth oh, round of the draft because his draft stock was absolutely appalling. So, yeah. Josh Jacobs, what a player! I mean, what what? I mean, five ten, two twenty. You know, get the, the Taylor. The Taylor. Taylor will come up trumps for you. But yeah, I've, I mean, they gave him the ball thirty three times. You know, yes, yeah. You know, you, you keep giving him the average six point nine a carry. Oof. That's that's strong. That's yeah, that's double Trent Richards zone. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I know that's that's going some, isn't it? You know, and <laughs> I and I looked up that that he's already having a that this is his career best season, and it, it, if he doesn't play another down for the rest of the rest of the rest of the season, it's already his, his best year already. Which yeah, it's which says something about his unsexy his unsexiness that that was described in an earlier podcast. Um, yeah, just getting it done and, and you know to the house for for a you know, for an overtime win that's a little walk off that 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 always goes down well doesn't it that was really nice i i, I must have been one of the only members of our group chat still up at that point because the chat had gone really quiet and i was still there watching it and it was just like such an exciting play to end red zone on well i can guarantee you me and chris were asleep by, by that time <laughs> <laughs> um Cool. Moving on then, mate. Um, slightly less exciting headlines. Um, unfortunately, I feel like we've got to mention the return of Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd personally rather not because um, he is a vile individual. Um, but he's on Jake's roster, so we can't ignore the fact that he is going to be back and Jake is going to start him this week. Um, Jake is a vile individual. I can't I can't argue with it. Um I don't know what we should expect of him. He was awful in preseason, which was delightful to see. But, you know, he's had the benefit of of a lot of training. He obviously wasn't 
excellent quarterback, uh, terrible human being, but excellent quarterback uh, when he played uh, for the Texans. So uh, I imagine we can expect to see pretty good, but not elite level play from him initially. Um, but, you know, Jake Brisket's been pretty good. So maybe they're just kind of replacing one guy with a very similar guy initially and hoping that he comes good for the playoff run. Yeah, it's it. It's hard to to think. You think will he hit the ground running? You know, will he will he be the player he was? You know, because he did well with the Texans. You know, they weren't they weren't a powerhouse, were they? By any stretch of the imagination, yeah, you know, they were. They weren't far off winning that that playoff game a few years ago. That they they blew that lead that that lead, didn't they? Um, he improved them immeasurably from uh, the other quarterbacks that had been there. Well, previously. I mean, they. I mean, yeah. Let's be honest. That, that was a real carousel of of shit zippers, wasn't it? That, that went through there. <laughs> Brock Osweiler um, and the boys. But um, yeah, I know it's it's. But it would it would be very brownie if that if that's the term for him to be an absolute dumpster fire, wouldn't it? You know the luck that they've had with quarterbacks since well it's it's, it's hard to hard to Derek Anderson I would probably say was their last deep that last uh you know yeah sure it's been fire. a long while yeah um but yeah I know it, it, it it's tough for Browns fans to, for some of them anyway um I would I would imagine to be able to to get behind that that kind of yeah yeah I I it, I hope he fails like, oh yeah, <laughs> and I hope the brands suck because of it because they made a a business decision uh, without any consideration for the blowback they were going to get. You can tell that their coach feels really uncomfortable with it. Do you think there'll be any uh, any defensive ends and linemen and maybe the odd box safety come up and give him a good you think, battering? You think there could be a little um, <laughs> little offensive lineman that might uh, accidentally let someone through? <laughs> Yeah, you know, just slide to the left a little. Yeah, um, from uh, remember, a little Remember the Titans-esque uh, little little vibe going on. Just let him through and all of a sudden he's taking a taking a, a big one up the middle. But yeah, that'd be I can, ironic. I can imagine seeing some interesting sack dances, let's just say that. Yes. Now that, that, could, be, that could be good, couldn't it? Yeah. That's... Someone's going to get fined. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that's gonna yeah, a little get a little table set up, you know, on on the sidelines or something, run run out or. <laughs> to would never. No, no. <laughs> um. Okay, so last set of headlines, a little bit like we did last week with Kyle, uh, where we broke down to a few uh, interesting NFC teams and said, uh, are these teams real or or are they kind of a little bit fraudulent? Uh, I thought we'd do the same. Um, so the four that we've picked out between us, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Jets, and the Titans, uh, all in interesting positions at the moment. Um, so I thought we, we'd have a little look at what we think of those those four teams. Um, I'm happy to kick it off with the Bengals. Um, currently, six in DVOA. Um, they've looked a lot better in the last three games, having looked really, really troubled at one point this season, couldn't get their offense going. Their line is not really any better than it was last year. And, and the defense wasn't really playing that well. 
but uh, they have beaten some playoff contenders this season. They've beaten the Titans, the Dolphins, the Jets. Um, they've also given away games to the Ra- Ravens and Cowboys. Uh, for me, a lot rests on uh, Jamar being fit uh, and then finding ways to to use him at his best like they were doing before he got injured. Uh, personally, I think they are a contender because I don't really believe in what I'm seeing from the Ravens. And so I think the Bengals will end up winning that division. Whether they go on a magical Super Bowl run again or not, I don't know. That uh, AFC gauntlet run is is going to be super hard to get through. But um, I've been impressed with what I've seen the last few weeks from the Bengals. Any thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, it's... I looked. I had a quick look at that as well. And you think, you know, they've beat... Like you said, they've beaten some some good teams in there. Um, but, you know, they they have beaten the Steelers, the Panthers and the Falcons. You know, those are three three of the teams that they have beaten, but then have lost the Browns and the Steelers as well. So you think, hmm, you know, the AFC North is probably the weakest it's been for some time. You think yeah. they're coming off that Super Bowl run. You think, okay, right, an- another year of Jamar and and, and and Joey B, and you think it'll be right, but that in- his injuries really, really held them back. That offensive line, I know it's improved in recent weeks. Now he's in the shotgun a little bit more, but he's still been sacked sort of 33 times. And Mixon hasn't got, got going, you know, really at all, has he, until, apart from the other week. But, yeah. um, you know, it's it's that's... But I, I, but I think, yeah, you know, that this their best chance to win that division because the Ravens look hot and cold as well. I think, yeah, they're a playoff contender, but that that AFC is so stacked that it's not going to be a, a a deep run unless unless they get hot in the next week or so. Really, I know Jamar. I think he's likely to play this week. I think I I, I saw. So yeah, yeah. Franco's so plugged be... him into his lineup already. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> cool. Um, so Chargers. Um, uh, unlike the Bengals, uh, I, I I'm not sure I do believe in this team. Right. So they are currently ranked 24th in DVOA, uh, and and are only just outside the playoffs. So that that really doesn't make any sense to me. They've got the worst run defense in recorded history. Oh, that is staggering, isn't it? And they are yeah, going that's... up against Josh Jacobs this week, so that could be fun. Yeah, uh, he's going to get thirty Steve. odd carries, oh, isn't he? I'm Steve, <laughs> God, he got fifty-four points. Like he's probably going to get a hundred points this week. It's going to be mental. He, he, could, he could go off for a hundred. Yeah, that, that's... yeah. <laughs> Big Samir White game. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, clearly Herbert's an elite player, um, but I think he's still suffering that injury. I saw an interview with him recently where he said in those first few games after the injury, he could feel his rib moving during uh, the games. That sounds horrible. Uh, would not fancy that myself and certainly would not be wanting to get hit by you know, 250 pound linebackers. Um, Absolutely not. <laughs> either way, even if he is now kind of fully fit, he's got no downfield options. Um, the, uh, the the Chargers receivers, some of them are good, but they are slow. Look like me and Baker out there. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. Um, Eckler is a great fantasy producer, um, but it's where he's getting targeted this season that, that I think is really noticeable. Um, he's basically getting targeted two yards per target shorter than he was last season. So he's catching the ball like, at the sort of, you know, four and a half, five yard line. 
um, and they expected to kind of make something out of there. And he is because he's great, but that's a really bad sign for an offense overall. Uh, and I, I just don't believe that the Chargers are going to make the playoffs. What about you? No, it's, yeah, you, you think that they've just been ravaged by injury, haven't they? Like, you know, you can't, you know, you can't get in their receivers fit at the same time. Um, you know, Herbert not being a hundred percent is, is, is massive. Um, when, when you think about it, but yeah, yeah, their defense, you know, you think it would be, it, it keeps them in games. A, a, a defense with Khalil Mack and Derwin James is always going to, isn't it? Like, um, you know, it, but, but if you've got no threat downfield, you know, defense, it's going to be very, very hard to shut. It's going to be very, very easy, sorry, to shut Eckler down. You're just going to stack that box because if you, you know, you, you, your safety is your, your, your corners can chief up a little bit and help in that with with run support if if they're gonna try and wrap ground and pound you really um and and if 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 he can't just sling it like he like he used to and he, he he's he's more than capable of doing that um but you know he need he needs help doesn't he and he's just he just not getting that at the moment and you just think that you know a, another year another year on you know it, it might be a little bit better but they they're, they're going to need to address the receiver issue in 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 the, in the draft you would have thought this year without a doubt without a doubt uh next team up is the jets what are your thoughts on the jets well what's the they age old that 7 and 4 you think are they a pretender or a contender they're a pretender aren't they let's let's be honest about that it's it's the the age old saying if you've got two quarterbacks how many quarterbacks have you've got You've got zero. That. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, don't get get me wrong. Mike White getting involved, love you love to see it, but you know, <laughs> the, the, their third, their third quarterback. You know, they they clearly will. You know, Zach Wilson's done, isn't he? He's, he's you know, yeah. he, that's it. That's it. His time in New York is is over. Um, which which is which is interesting because they seem to be really quick to bring him back. When you know Flacco had done done the business, hadn't he? That 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 was a strange decision in, in my book. But um, I think you know, they needed to work out what they had with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's interesting, but it's it's defense, 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 isn't it? Getting them to where, yeah. to where they are um, reminds me a little bit of the 06 Bears in that in that respect. You know what? You know, Kyle Orton and and, and Rex Grossman were the quarterbacks. Then you think <laughs> I could have probably quarterbacks that team to a winning record that season with that kind of defense that they had. You know, short fields all the time, k- kicking field goals. You know, keeping them in games. Yeah, it's they're j- we've we've said it before. Very well coached defense is playing very very well. You know, it's masking a lot of issues. You you, you wonder if if the the in, in injuries, you know, to, especially in the running back position, because J Rob's gone there and bit is injured now, um, yeah, I, I think that it might have actually hurt them how well they've played this season in terms of draft stock moving forward. Um, yeah, because now they potentially might miss out on their quarterback being a quarterback because it's 
good quarterback draft coming up, isn't it? So it is going to be a good quarterback draft. There are going to be probably four guys in the first round and a couple of like really um, exceptional guys as well. So. Yeah, so you you might think them winning seven games is absolutely put a, <laughs> a spanner yeah. in that works, especially now that they they they're having they're going to have to move on from from Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, they're ninth in DVOA, number four on defense overall. Salah's got them playing really well. Um, we've talked about Source Gardner and Garrett Wilson before, so no need to labor that point. It For me, it's the running. They've got four tough games against the Vikings, Bills, Seahawks and Dolphins. I just don't think they make the playoffs with that run. No, you think Vikings are still on a hot one. Um, Bills are obviously going to need to win that for number one seed, which yeah. is, you know, and you... you God knows what's going to go on with the Seahawks at these phase. All right, last team in our in our little kind of headline breakdown, the Titans. Uh, they will make the playoffs because their division is truly, truly awful. Um, they kind of remain a strong team under Vrabel. They're 13th in DVOA, which is actually up from last year where they finished 20th. They really kind of outperformed their performances last year. Just obviously not correct english but you know it's like they, they they exceeded what they were actually doing and i think it's probably because of that dreadful division uh yeah everything goes through the rumbler um but there are some signs of life in Traylon burks um he's had 205 yards in the past three weeks so if they can create a passing option out of Traylon burks and you know as a, almost like a distraction from the rumbler Maybe, just maybe, but again, like we talked about it when we talked about the Bengals, the AFC is a gauntlet and I just can't see them beating the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins, maybe even the Bengals. So, you know, maybe they make it through the first round of the playoffs and then, you know, that's it. And and they will need to take a long, hard look at what they do to get past these these first couple of games and and maybe rebuild. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think, you know, that obviously they'll make the playoffs, um, but it's all... It's all game script with them, isn't it? If they, if they, you know, it doesn't doesn't get to go to plan, and they're they're down two scores. They they're not. That's not their. That's not their team, is it? That's not who. That's not who they are. They they can't they can't get back from that, really, can they? Um, no. You know, I've, you've seen them try and do a few different things with Henry this season in terms of making him catch the ball. He's got hands like stone, which doesn't help. But like. <laughs> But having him, having him in there, where in norm in obvious passing down situations, you know, it's just something a little bit different, I suppose, isn't it? Absolutely. Any final thoughts on those four teams, Ed? No, that that covers it for me. All right. Well, that'll do us for the headlines for this week. Then, moving on to the review of this week's matchups in the league. Uh, first up was uh, me versus Jake. This one was very one-sided with Jake winning 203 to 152. I think Jake effectively ended my season with this with this beatdown. Um, I'm sort of second to bottom now and my, my roster's not looking good and my record's not looking good and my form's not looking good uh, and my morale is, is not looking good, frankly, uh, Lam. Jake is now clear at the top uh, because of some other results. And with a win this week, he will secure a playoff spot, uh, which is fantastic for him. He's been, you know, top there or thereabouts all season long. uh, And, you know, obviously deserves that playoff spot with the roster that he's put together. Uh, Miles Sanders 
really blew up this week alongside Jalen Hurts in that in that Eagles win. A massive, massive score for him. He's been decent this season, like not Josh Jacobs spectacular, but has really outperformed his his average draft position. Um, and it's been a real asset for for Jake's roster. Um, and, you know, obviously recently he's got DeAndre Hopkins coming back. He's been great since he got back, and we'll talk about him later in our in our special feature. Um, but you look down Jake's roster, and there, there really aren't any weaknesses there at the moment. Um, he got through his bye weeks. He struggled a little bit there, but now we're out of the bye week run. Um, he, he's looking really, really strong. Um, for me, not picking Brian Robinson was a mistake. Uh, I... I'm denied over him versus DeAndre Swift. I just wanted some Thanksgiving excitement with Swift. Um, you know, Jake was going to win one way or another. He would have won on max points versus my max points. So there's not, it's not really a game I could have or should have won. Um, and I will be looking for trade partners. Um, last comment is that I Ooh. love a bagel <laughs> this week. Uh, Cade Orton. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh. Bagel paid, alert. paid off in a man who I never really wanted to play and have had to rely on far too much this season uh, put up a lovely bagel for me thankfully not the only bagel in the league this week um, there is a lot of talk about videoing uh, of people eating dry bagels I'm happy to do it I just need I just need some partners in crime so um, any thoughts on mine and Jake's matchup yeah you just look at Jake's Jake's team don't you and you, you like if you've got if you've got two players contributing thirty points each, you're in a good position, aren't you? Like you know, even if your your rest is a, is a garbage fire, but you know you chip in with with a couple of twenties on there as well. You know you you're doing all right, aren't you? Really, um, yeah. when you, when you when you think about it, and and for you, it's just yeah, you just had a couple of people just completely underperform, really, um, which. Which you know doesn't really doesn't really help you. It's just you, you know, if your quarterbacks do all right and everybody else doesn't, you, you you're staring down the barrel, really, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. You know, broadly happy with my roster. I think it'll be a good roster for future years. It's not like I've sold out for the future. Uh, it's just you know always disappointing when you get to the business end of the season and you're not in contention. So. Never mind. There's always next year or the year after. Maybe the year after. There's that. always next. Right <laughs> now, the hope that kills you. <laughs> yeah, it is. That might be the first time we've said that on the podcast this year. Which, given that it's the yeah, next it could lockdown. be. Yeah, it could be actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, next matchup was yourself versus Franco, which ended uh, one seventy-seven to one eighty-nine for Franco. Yeah, pretty uh pretty gutting to to lose out on this one in the end. Um I mean unintentionally my roster was stacked with Thanksgiving Day players, so I got off to a, a hot start and you always think, you know, what's the old expression runs on the board, you know, it is it's it's harder to chase them down, but you know, he, he managed to do it. Jalen Hurts 45 points, you know, that 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 will get you there, won't it really? Um yeah, that's that that that'll that'll do it. I mean Daniel Jones, I had by I had to start Marquez Valdez Scanton this week, um, <laughs> which doesn't help. But AJ Dillon, you know, on my bench. I mean, I was never going to start him, but eighteen points—that's a season high for him. You know, the he scored I mean, a touchdown, didn't? Uh, <laughs> you you did start didn't, Kenyon Drake. Uh, what's his face score? Yeah, I did start Kenyon Drake. Yeah, um, yeah. Shout out to Dawson, who in the other league has got the same running back. Uh, 
shit bags that I've got Kenyon Drake and Devon Singletary. So um, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's interesting. But you know, Kirk Cousins getting it done again. Um, but yeah, that that Jalen Hurts just just absolutely killed me. Seventeen carries, hundred fifty seven yards. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, so- is that that's is that was that a single game high is it or did i read in, ca- in carries or... i think it was yeah not not yeah. in yards yeah yeah incredible incredible yeah, performance yes. by hertz so franco's back in playoff contention now there's a there's a few of you at 13 he's back, yeah he's, he's and his all, all team remains, together yeah it's the best managed team in the league, he has got the smallest differential between his actual points and the max points that he could have achieved. Um, so he, he he remains a really strong manager of his roster. Um, on, on that vein, Ed, solid. Had uh, had this been uh, decided on maximum points on a best ball basis, uh, you Ooh. would have won. Um, yeah. So you I know. know, I know. Yeah, you win some, you lose some, eh? What can you well, what can it, you do? Not start Kenyon Drake is probably what you can do. Yeah. That that is definitely what you can do. <laughs> and you've got no choice yeah, but to listen to the podcast this week. So yeah, don't start Kenyon Drake. Yeah. I'm... Okay. All right. AJ <laughs> did in it. So good lord. <laughs> it's probably gonna flip now, isn't it? Uh next matchup was yeah. Steve versus Kyle. Um, ended 213 to 172 in Steve's favor. Steve is up to fifth place after being Shock. bottom of this league most of the season. He is now one merch. Oh, and ten, wasn't he? Yeah, he was <laughs> one merch. He be outside the playoff spots and also beat by beating Kyle. He's now making it a really close run thing uh, be- between those 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 top teams. Um, we mentioned Josh Jacobs. Um, the the, those points plus the good QB performances that he had from Mac Jones, Justin Herbert really, really fired him to the win. Um, from Kyle's perspective, he just didn't get the touchdowns that he really needed to win. But I, I think that for me, the highlight, and it's not just this week, it's it's Alvin Kamara. Um, we had a headline in week three Woo-hoo. about a few players that we thought might be done. We asked the question on Kamara and I don't think we were quite willing to commit to it. He's done, right? Um, he may have bounced back and got some touchdowns and some points, but his rushing and receiving from the past four games, 30 and 32, 26 and 19, 42 and 47, 13 and 37. It's over. He is toast. He's hit 27. It's over. It's and it's, it's tough for Kyle as well, isn't it? Because, you know, he, he, he holds a, a special plate in Kyle, it, it, you know, because of that's what got him that 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 win, wasn't it? You know, that who was that against? That was against me. That was against, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. No. Yeah. On a was it the Christmas Day game or the Christmas Eve Christmas game? Christmas Day, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember it ruining oh, something. Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> But might I add in this matchup, uh, 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 <laughs> bagel alert, bagel alerts on both teams, wow. on both teams, a real bagel at the matchup. tight end spot. And you've been, you've been saying it all season. Some of these tight end rosters stink, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, th- th- this is no no different. I mean, but quick shout out to Jersey Jerry. He uh, said that uh, David Njoku was a sure bet for a touchdown this week. So, uh, you know, shout out to him. Um, so there we go. 
Yeah, uh, it's slightly depressing for me that they both put up bagels and scored more than me. I suppose I did have a bagel as well, but Steve put up 213 to my 152. So, you know, <laughs> even if I'd got a 50 burger from K. K. and I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had more than him. How many 50 burgers has Steve put up this season now? <laughs> Way too many. This is third? <laughs> yeah. Disgusting, isn't Jesus it? Jesus Christ. Mm. All right, last match up then. Valen versus the Ballings duo. 170 to 167. Valen gets the win. Wow. Well, Valen gets a win. The the Ballings duo slips to 7 and 17. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this one, it was a close one. Uh, Josh Allen continues to be the shining light for that Ballings duo. Other than that, I mean... It's the the whole place is stinking up, isn't it? Down that down that roster. Um, yeah. Devin White again saves them, uh, you know, keeps them competitive. Evan Ingram close to a bagel, you know, not far off. Just just a one reception for four yards. So uh, yeah, that's 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 okay. But you know, Valens running backs probably form this week, but he's got Justin Jefferson, hasn't he? You know, you, yeah, you he got at, got sort of solid running back. But- uh, production this week, but not the normal inc- incredible stuff that he gets. Obviously, continues to shade Jamal Williams, um, but it is good to see Mister Limited finally riding the bench. Valen listens to the podcast and and has made the right decision uh, to to get him on the bench because he has been truly, truly dreadful. Um, I will point out that uh, the Ballins duo could have watched, could have won this match uh, had they started their guy Aluacon. Um, they they would have won instead of uh, Devon White. Um, but also on a max points basis, their roster would have beaten Valen's best roster. So interesting, interesting that they could have won that one because there was quite a bit of needle in the group chat between these guys. Yeah. It- there, there, there certainly, there certainly was. I mean, a lot of it wasn't uh, NFL related, but um, <laughs> Baker was definitely on one. And um, apparently, their their whole team is for sale. Um, but speaking to Chris at the weekend, uh, trying to get him Baker to agree to a trade is like get trying to get Baker to agree to a trade. So you know, the fact that it's got to go through two uh, t- two sort of intermediaries, as it were, means that. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get anyone off that roster, um, unfortunately. So, you know, yeah. as much as I'd love to try and get one of those running backs, oh, maybe not actually. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe we should after 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 Valen, he's probably trying to set, send me Naheem Hines and some fab again for. Dalton There'd definitely Schultz. be fab involved. Oh, Any God. final thoughts on this so week's matchups? No, I th- I think they sort of most of them sort of went as as predicted, didn't they? And it's now just Jake's Jake's clear at the top, and now now it's just between well me me Steve, Kyle, and Franco to try and get our act together to see who can who can who can punch it in. Really, uh, yeah, could be could be interesting. Yeah. Well, on that vein, moving on and uh, looking at our preview for Week 13's matchups. Uh, first one is me versus Steve. Uh, it's all over after this matchup. I'm I'm pretty certain of that. The the predictions have it at 200 to 210 in Steve's favour. I can't imagine it being that close. We already mentioned 
Jacobs versus the Chargers awful run defense. Um, I, I think this could be a bit of a bloodbath. Steve's got some other nice matchups on there. So um, come hit me up, guys. It's the trade deadline this week. Um, I've got some players who could be useful to you guys, and I'm pretty confident I'm going to lose this week, but you need to get your trade bids in now. I'm much easier to deal with than Baker and Rawlins. Uh, you know, come on, come hit me up. Give me some offers. You got any you got any running backs? <laughs> Not good ones, mate. <laughs> I I yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> uh next matchup. I need then a harem is... of shit running backs. Um Plus, Fallon's got all the running backs. That's the problem. That yeah, that's probably why. Next matchup <laughs> is yourself versus the aforementioned uh Valen. Yeah, I, I I can only see this going one way. I think I think Valen gets get, gets back in the hunt after the after this one. I, I don't I don't like me odds. Um, Foreman's out on a buy, so I'm gonna have to plug in what unless Raheem Mostu can get himself fit um, for this week. I could I could be uh, could be struggling a little bit. I've, a bit of tinkering to be done. Valdez Scanner's definitely out this week, that's for sure. <laughs> getting uh, getting Adam Thielen back in. Maybe maybe look Darius Slayton a bit of love against the a must win against the commanders. So yeah. It's yeah, I I I've just got to score well and hope the Murchy B gets gets me through, really. Um unless Valen can outthink himself into a loss, which, you know, it's always possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, he's already done it four times this season. I noticed when I was reviewing the uh, <laughs> the matchups uh, on a max points basis, he's uh, lost four games that uh, he should have won if he picked his best lineup, and that is uh, comfortably the the biggest number in the league. Classic. That's why wow. I can't wait for Val versus the Machines. <laughs> Val versus the Machines next season. Uh, next matchup then is Jake versus Kyle. Jake needs that dub, which we mentioned earlier, to confirm a playoff spot. But he can also put a real dagger into Kyle's playoff hopes uh, this week. It looks like it's going to go in Jake's favour. The projection is 246 to 205. Um, you know, Kyle's got a couple of running back issues with Connor on a bye and... Kamara, as we said, not performing as he has done in the past. Um, can he get enough uh, from his receivers to get something done? I, I just, you know, Jake's team looks so strong. Um, I think Kyle's best hope is that Deshaun Watson is worse than we expect him to be and, and you know, maybe, you know, throws a few picks and puts up a bagel or, you know, something towards that Russell Wilson end of the spectrum. <laughs> That would be nice. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I just had to look at Kyle's roster, by the way. Why has he got so many tight ends? And hoarding them. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That just made me laugh. Oh, dear. He, he, has, he has got a lot of bad ones, hasn't he? Yeah, mm. oh, yeah, Tyler Conklin, Austin Hooper, Juwan Johnson, blimey. <laughs> What a harem. Yeah. Anyway, last matchup, uh, Franco <laughs> versus the Ballins duo, expected to be one-sided, 237 to 182 in Franco's favour. There's no way Franco scores that much, but, you know, thoughts on this one, Ed? Yeah, it's hurt, hurts again, isn't it? It's, it's going to be the key for Franco if he can put up his, 30, his usual 30-odd points. 
Um, that'll put him in good stead. Uh, you know, Stefan Stefan Diggs will sort of counter anything that Josh Allen does for the Ballins duo, so that'll work well work well for him as well. Um, and then Jamar's back. That's the big thing for Franco. Uh, you know, how hot will he be? Um, all he's got to hope is he doesn't get injured again, really, I, I, I suppose, from Franco's point of view, sort of this late into the season. Because um, he'll have stuff to prove for the Bengals in a in a you know in a, in an actual NFL rather than a fantasy perspective, um, and obviously he's got he's got Mika Parsons against the against the Colts who will probably put up a, a thirty or forty pointer I would have thought against the Colts. Um, yeah, now that old uh, Ryan's back under centre, but uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think the Ballins have, have given up, haven't they? Really? Um, yeah, they have. Be. The the other the other key matchup I noticed is that Mike Evans will only be playing half the game uh, this week because he's playing the Saints, ejected. so we'll get ejected, <laughs> uh, which is not good for the fact that they are quite heavily Tampa Bay leaning. But uh, they're not trying to win at this point; they're trying to get the number one overall pick, and then they can think about uh, whether they're going to take uh, the running back Bijan uh, Johnson or, or whether they're going to look at a quarterback for next season. So. You know, planning for next season already underway in Ballins Towers. Hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's uh, next week in review. Uh, like we said, a pretty critical week, um, and it will be interesting to see. I'm sure the uh, the group chat will be lit up. Right. Uh, so we're going to do a little trade feature this week as our as our kind of special section. Um, we're going to talk about some of the best NFL trades that we can remember with a bit of a fantasy football slant. So, you know, we're not going to touch on some of the kind of uh, trades from, from yesteryear uh, that, that were big news. Um, we're going to focus more on trades that are kind of in the time when we've been playing fantasy and, and that have really been relevant. So the first one up that I had is the Stefan Diggs to the Bills trade uh, for the number 22 pick in the draft and a few other assets. I always forget about these kind of like there's a fourth round pick swap and stuff like that. Um, Diggs was brilliant at the Vikings, uh, but he never cracked the top 10 at wide receiver, which surprised me. But I suppose Thielen was kind of like really productive there at the time as well. Uh, he fell out with the team after signing a five-year deal. Um, he always seemed like he was the odd man out there a little bit, um, and they traded him to the Bills. Um, since joining the Bills, he has been on a tear. He's been the number three wide receiver, the number eight wide receiver, and now is currently on this season the number one wide receiver. Um, so it's been a brilliant trade for the Bills, but it's also been a brilliant trade for the Vikings because they got a troublemaker out of their team, and with that number 22 uh, pick they drafted Justin Jefferson who we've talked about at length still the best wide receiver in the league he may not be the number one in fantasy but he is the best um, and we talked about it earlier so this trade was a complete win-win for both teams yeah it's weird when that happens isn't it that everybody everybody's come out of that trade well apart from Adam Thielen you would probably say <laughs> yeah he's like what have I got to do to be a number one receiver <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely you, know, you, 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 you you get rid of you get rid of one. He thinks, "Oh, I'll be, I'll be right here. I'll take this rookie under my wing," and then he goes and breaks all kinds of records. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, next one you wanted to talk about: Randy Moss to the Patriots. Oh, I yeah. This 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 was was huge, wasn't it? At the time, you yeah. think? Hey, I mean, the Taylor the Taylor's going to come out on this one. So six four two ten. You know, big old big old guy, and he was elite straight line speed. 
there was you know no no one like him because he was in he was in Minnesota a while when when he you know he, he had that rookie season that's only just been been bettered you know he had 580 receptions in Minnesota close to 10,000 yards and 92 touchdowns in eight in eight in eight years there you know, sort of fell out with them a little bit got traded to Oakland you know for, was there for two years you know was still very productive in Oakland but it sort of just it sort of just it, it just went went round but Oakland gave up a lot to get him they they gave up a first rounder a seventh rounder and a linebacker to, to get to get him from Minnesota so they had to give up a lot and and this was the days when all was go all all you had to do was run run a sub run a sub four four and you were on you were on the Raiders roster no matter what position you played you know what what you, what your stats looked like you know speed killed in those days for 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 the Raiders and he sort of just just fell out with them they weren't they weren't that competitive um move, moving for him and him and Aaron Brooks couldn't get it done uh, <laughs> over <laughs> over there which is which is odd and then he was traded to New England for just a fourth round pick. And at the time, you think you know, get get a troublemaker off your roster, and then he went on an absolute tear for four seasons in New England. Two hundred fifty nine receptions, three thousand nine hundred four yards, and fifty touchdowns, which is sensational. Which ab- absolutely insane. You know, you 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 think about some, you know some of the best that have ever played the game. Obviously, he's, he, people put him up there with Jerry Rice. You know, yeah. obviously, Jerry Rice is is the unquestionable number one, but y- your number two is people. People generally are saying him or To, aren't they? Generally yeah. speaking, those those are your your, your eight. Your, your, I would your, I would put Moss number two definitely. Yeah. Like such an electric playmaker, and those years in New England with with Brady, that was so exciting for for Pats fans. You, you almost forget he was there for four seasons when mm. when you think about it because you just remember that one un, unbelievable. But you know he he was he was just so 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 good, and you think that it's just Bella, the Belichick effect, isn't it? The Belichick and Brady effect. They know how to they know how to you know get troubled quote receivers there. It didn't quite happen when when they got Ocho Cinco over there, did it? You know uh, <laughs> they, they had they had another bite at the cherry, but you. You know they're not giving up a lot for it. You know a fourth rounder for because you know even at the time when he was he'd only played ten seasons, so he wasn't you know a, a, a you think oh fourth rounder for that he might it might come off it might you know at the time New England didn't have a deep passing attack did they 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 no. were you know it, it it probably helped the likes of Wes Welker as 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 well at those times but yeah it was just that was that was all that trade was all one way traffic the the raiders unfortunately lost out both to get him and then when they they got rid of him as well yeah yeah definitely so talking of trades that were one way traffic uh, a man who was very one way in his career Marshall Lynch to the Seahawks Traded by the Bills, uh, who had Fred Johnson had just drafted <laughs> CK Spiller. Um, they were stacked, uh, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. Um, so they traded him for a fourth and a sixth that eventually became a fifth, so nothing. Um, he became the heart of that Seahawks uh, Super Bowl winning and contending teams. In the six seasons he was there, he was a top five running back on four occasions. He was massively entertaining, beloved by the fans. 
who's remembered for the beast quake, uh, the, the, that incredible play uh, that where they all felt the stadium move because of how loud they were cheering him. And that was a weird season. They were seven and nine, weren't they? But he then yeah. ran that run in the playoffs and, and it's just such a character. Um, obviously the, the other one that they all remember him for uh, the, I'm just here. So I won't get fined uh, such a great quote. Um, and, and he's, he's a real kind of like media um, darling now, despite having hated the media. Uh, when he when he was part of the the NFL, so um, I think he'll also be remembered by non Seahawks fans. You know, people like myself for being massively unhappy with Russell Wilson, and particularly massively unhappy when he threw that interception in the Super Bowl from the one yard line when they almost certainly uh, should have run it with uh, with, with with Lynch. But um, I'm not going to hold that against him. Uh, I, I think that's a that's a good thing. He was a, he was a great player and and a great trade for the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, he's... Yeah, it's interesting to hear your thoughts on him. Now he's not there, but because there's always players that you just don't like. And I presume for you, you didn't like him because he was so good. You know, I, it, I, it, I, it I was... always liked Lynch. Always okay, liked that, that, Lynch. that's Be- because he was Because he was a character. Yeah. And because he ran in a way that was like just so much fun to watch. Loads of other Seahawks players I absolutely detested, um, particularly yeah. on that team. Players like Cam Chancellor and, and stuff like that. I just can't can't stand them. But but Lynch is uh, Lynch is kind of like the the exception I mean, to the rule there. I think. I mean, yeah. That, that there's a guy who's just just knocking around with skittles in his pocket on on the bench. You know, <laughs> he's not he's not taking he's not taking himself too seriously and i think you know that gets that get that gets lost you know as soon as he goes on the field as soon as he gets that's it it's game time as soon as he gets back off again he's he's you know he's himself again isn't he and and, yeah and i think i think that's why like you said like it's it's strange isn't it that how people can go from media love to interview him because they'll get a press bite he obviously hated it but now realizes that can be a big part of his 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 post post career yeah definitely um also talking about running backs you wanted to mention marshall Falk to the rams yes i did i mean yeah it's probably right at the start of fantasy football when it was going around but yeah. here, here was a player 510 to 11 you know um Probably your, your, your probably your central casting running back back in the days when you had a feature back. Um, I mean, he he was in Indianapolis for a while. You know, he was he was there. He was there for five years. Um, five thousand yards on the ground, nearly three thousand through the air, forty-two rushing, nine receiving, three point eight yards on the ground. So you know, not setting the world alight. In, in 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 but he was one of the top running backs. Yeah, the the Colts had just just drafted Peyton Manning, so you know they were going going in the in the right direction as it were, and then they traded him. They traded him to 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 the to um St. Louis because they draft they they then drafted Edgar and James as well. So not a not a shabby running back to replace him with, to be honest. But then. <laughs> That's when his Hall of Fame career took off. Uh, it was just um, fourteen hundred carries, close to seven thousand yards, fifty-eight touchdowns at four point eight a carry. So you know a yard extra. But this is where things things went mental. 
470 receptions for 4,000 yards, 27 receiving touchdowns. Now, you you plug those kind of numbers in on a on any kind of you know fantasy season. That guy's that guy's winning you a championship if you you know if you have him in your team, isn't he? That he was he was arguably you know on a team with Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce. He was still getting that those kind of numbers. You know they they should have won another Super Bowl. Really, um, the the fact they only got one, he he, he essentially managed to get Kurt Warner MVP. Uh, there's a, there's a famous quote that when he turned up in St Louis, saying, <laughs> "I I left Peyton Manning for for Kurt Warner and uh, Mark Bolger." I think it, uh, it was Trent Green. I think was the starter <laughs> at the time, but but yeah. So I mean, it's a it's a hell of a trade when you think when you think about it. The the only people that really you know prop. Pro- Probably the only proof that they did well out of that is probably you know Tom Brady. When you think about it, you think that if if he hadn't if he'd have stayed <laughs> at Indianapolis, him and yeah. you, you think yeah you think those two together that would have been that would have put a thorn in that AFC side, wouldn't it? For for many a year to come, the fact that he ditched them off to the NFC, yeah, he got got one over on them in the Super Bowl eventually, but yeah, I mean he was just he was just something else, wasn't he? <laughs> It was, yeah. Like you said, it's you know really in the early days of fantasy football. But clearly, when you had him, it was a fantasy star with that with that production uh, that he had in, particularly in those first three years in in uh, St. Louis. Um, a, a really really great player that I don't sort of like remember watching that much of. Um, but you sort of look back at the highlights, you watch the football live, the pro uh, the pro football Hall of Fame coverage. Like clearly, this guy was like absolute dynamite and actually probably ironically met when well, ironically is the wrong word um he was made for like the modern game because he's a great yes. receiving back as well mm-hmm. yeah he, yeah. he would have absolutely time. thrived yeah. now so um the last trade i had uh and i know you've got one more um uh, this one maybe not quite as high powered as the other ones. It's uh, DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals. Um, obviously, traded a little bit later in his career. I'm mostly mentioning this because, uh, and we've got a question later on. I love DeAndre Hopkins. Um, he is one of the players that ever since he came into the league, I have really, really enjoyed watching. Um, he was traded to the Cards for the bloated corpse of David Johnson and a second round pick, uh, which is really not that much for. Uh, one of the best receivers of of his era. He has played with some truly, truly dreadful quarterbacks and made them useful. Sure, <laughs> Osweiler, Hoyer, Mallet, TJ Yates, Brandon Whedon, Tom Savage. I mean, this guy was not blessed early in his career. And then obviously he did get to Sean Watson, uh, but he was productive all through those years with the Texans. Um, he's had... Top five fantasy finishes on five occasions in his career. Uh, he's obviously had injury and suspension shortened season since he joined the cards, but you've seen how good he's been since he got back. That one-handed grab he made the other week was just classic Hopkins, like a crisp, perfect route. And then just the mitts that he's got on him. He never drops a ball. Um, I just love watching him play. Like, I don't think there is a better route runner in the NFL at the moment, even players like Jefferson. Um, and he's one of the best in history for me, um, uh, uh, that kind of precision. So wanted to mention him uh, just out of a pure man love situation. Yeah, that's it's a, a weird one, isn't it? The Texans, well, they had Andre Johnson before that. You know, they they get 
good receivers that never can can get the pieces around them. But yeah, that that stint he went on when he had all of those quarterbacks that we mentioned. Uh, you know that that was just just get it done, don't you? Yeah, yeah, he had uh, 111 receptions for. 1,521 yards one season. Can't remember who the quarterback was then, but it wasn't Deshaun Watson. It was some dreadful combination of of players. Uh, Talking of man love, someone that you clearly have a lot of man love for, uh, Trent Richardson. Yeah. So, yeah, what what a wild turn of events on on this guy. He gets gets. I don't think he, this guy gets as much mentions on any other podcast ever <laughs> than than this one. Drafted number three overall. Mind blowing. Five nine two two eight. So you know, big big old boy, big old boy in the backfield. Um, and oh, good lord, he had a good, okay rookie season. Right, two two sixty seven, nine fifty, eleven touchdowns, three point six a carry. Now I know you're thinking three point six. That seems high, don't you? Wait. <laughs> Second season after only two games, <laughs> he got he he was then traded away. For a first round pick to the Colts, so the Colts gave up a first round pick for him. He then proceeded to, to for the rest of that season, rush for four hundred and fifty eight yards on one hundred and fifty seven carries at two point nine a carry, and then the next season one hundred and fifty nine carries for five nineteen at three point three, which brings us to our illustrious three point three of his average. So. The Trent Richards zone. There it is. There it is. Talk about getting it wrong. But you think, okay, well, what the the Browns did, what did they do with that pick? Um, some of you may remember what they did. They used it to trade up for a quarterback. And we, we talked about how the Browns have struggled with quarterbacks. Uh, Money Manziel was the pick that they, <laughs> they, they, they traded up for to use that. So that went very well. They just... <laughs> They just haven't got it right, have they? I mean, you thought when they got Baker Mayfield that 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 was going to be their guy, you know, like for a, yeah. a little bit longer. You know, he, he wasn't he wasn't as bad as some of the Browns' quarterbacks have been, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think that Trent Richardson had a really good run with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL, where he actually averaged 5.4 yards per carry. Um, so, you know, an, a, a decent end to his career there in, in the CFL, um, you know, significantly better yards per carry than than his 3.3 uh, uh, NFL yards. I mean, <laughs> it's just... I, I I never really understood like when he got drafted and, and I was sort of just starting to get into fantasy football and stuff. Then I was like, this guy's dreadful. Have you watched his tape? Like he's so slow. Um, I couldn't understand what NFL teams saw in him, but two teams gave up, you know, high picks for him. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. It was, it was still that era, wasn't it? That you needed a bell cow, you know? Yeah. And the, the the teams that did best figured out actually we don't need to stop we need, don't need to keep wasting money and picks on running backs when any anyone can run th- three and a half yards a carry you know you don't need to you don't need to waste a first round pick on some some bloke that can do that yeah yeah so you know some good trade coverage there lamb i think uh you know obviously my team's up for trade guys let's do a uh, bills vikings trade let's do a win-win right here um you won't get that from the ballings duo they're they're trying to sell you 
they're trying to sell Stay you their cool. duds. They're trying to sell you Trent <laughs> Richardson. They, they really are. So, you know, come and hit me up. I love having this platform. All they've got is the group chat. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on trades for you, Lam? Uh, no, just I'd like to see a, 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 few, a few more uh, sneaky backhand ones. I know there has been uh, some in our other league that's got some people riled up. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the less said about that, the better. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll stick to this league. And I think okay, uh, cool. o- over time, as people get... Um, kind of more relaxed about trading i think we will see a lot more trades you know for for a dynasty league there's not been a lot of activity uh but i think as people get a bit more free and and start to really work out when their teams are contending when they're not i think we will see uh, a lot more draft pick trading and player trading going on that'll be fun yeah i mean get a few drinks in me and i'm you know uh, <laughs> i'm easy <laughs> let's talk later <laughs> Moving on from the trade feature and into everyone's favourite section of the week, the Q&A section. Going to do it a little bit differently this week. Uh, Lam, you were on not too many weeks ago and we had some questions in for you then. So I thought I'd throw it open to the league and just ask some kind of general questions of both of us. I did also then get some questions that were just specifically for you. And then some people have sent you some questions for me, which I, I don't like. So, you know, yeah. with the editing powers that I have, who knows if they're actually going to appear, guys. Uh, but we'll start off with the... the, the... Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, the first question we had in was, who is your favourite NFL player of all time? Um, do you want to kick this one off? Yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, you know, because... You would you would think it would be a New York Giant, wouldn't you? You know, every, everything would everything would scream Eli Manning out of that, but it's not a very <laughs> sexy sexy answer, and it and it and it's not my answer. Um, for me, it's going to be Ocho Cinco. It's got to be. I mean, he was he came to the sort of rise rise of his powers. I think maybe one or two years after I first started following it, and I was like. Who the hell is this guy? I don't know. I don't know what is going on with him, but I am going to follow him to the end of the earth because this guy is 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 got it all going on. It was it was back in the days before, obviously before social media, before anything like that. You would randomly get clips of him on the NFL website, and he would be doing he would be ordering McDonald's for breakfast and eating McDonald's for breakfast every day. Um, you know, he'd be calling out the cornerbacks. His coach would hate it. He, I mean, he raced a horse, drives a smart car. <laughs> I mean, changed his name legally. It, the guy had everything. And let's not forget how he's not in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't. I just don't understand how you know the num the numbers are there. But let's let's not argue about the the numbers that are there. He was the best of that generation. He was the best of Steve Smith. You know, he was he 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 was it and. You've never seen feet like it. No, agreed. unbelievable feet. N- no one, you know, they they t- they talk about him. You know, Darrell Revis says he was the toughest he ever came against, and that's that is high praise. And I know, I know him and him and Dion try and get out in their in their age, and and they both uh, still think that they can they can outdo each other. But you know, it's uh, and there was some talk of him versus Pac-Man Jones in a, in a boxing match on a podcast recently, which again, 
you'd pay to see that, wouldn't you? Because that that would be that I would be good fun. Would but pay uh, to see that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that whole that whole era that you you feel like you know him. He's on a podcast with Brandon Marshall. That's a very very good podcast. You know here, you know they're all like they're always arguing about who's the X, who's the Y. They get everybody to come on to ask him. You know. You think he had the rivalry that we had with T.O., but it turned out that behind the scenes, it actually was a friendship. You know, he got him to come to to Cincinnati. Just love every, everything about the guy. Brilliant. Yes. Great. Uh, brilliant, brilliant player. Um, a, a great call on that one, mate. Um, like, I'm going to have to kind of say that I'm going to rule some guys out, right? Because it is obvious for me to say cool. yeah. my favourite players of all time, Jerry Rice, Steve Young, or Frank Gore. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Joe Montana too, but Young was my era. Love those guys, um, but that's a really boring answer. You know, I could drone on for ages about why Jerry Rice is yeah. the best wide receiver ever to play the game. Uh, he, he was he was incredible well, he for is, so many yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, some people debate it. I, I don't think it's debatable personally. So I'm going to go with non-Niners. And I've already talked about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I love DeAndre Hopkins. Um, the guy that really jumped out to me, and this is a little bit left field, right? So when I started thinking about this, and this is like, this is definitely fantasy related. This is a guy that I kind of like drafted early in my fantasy career. And I loved him. Uh, it's Jamal Charles. Um Ooh, I nice. love Jamal Charles for all the reasons that I don't like Trent Richardson, right? Because Jamal Charles was everything <laughs> that Trent Richardson is not. He was so athletic. Yeah. He was so quick. Um, he averaged for his career 5.4 yards per carry. I, I don't think there's another running back um, that's had as many carries as him that's above uh, above five. He was dynamic. I mean, one year he had um, 1,400 yards and he averaged 6.5 yards per carry that year. That's mental. That is absolutely mental. And he ended up playing most of his career with terrible quarterbacks or Alex Smith, who's not terrible, but um, obviously plagued by injury. Uh, you know, had a couple of really big knee injuries that really hampered his career. The guy's still only actually 35. Um, but yeah, I just I just loved him. Um, now? <laughs> yeah, that's 35. That's mental. He's younger than me. Anyway, um, so Both in our face. yeah, it, a, bit, a bit of a left field one. I just, um, yeah, I just plucked it out of there and I was like, yeah, I love that guy. Um, I would quite happily own a Jamal Charles nice. shirt. I don't, but I, and I probably should do because he put up a 50 burger against Baker once. Yeah, I might get myself a Jamal Charles but shirt. That, that's, that's worth doing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think I, I'll tell you, I know when that, that who, whose team was he on? Was it Dawson or Bums, wasn't it? That, I remember being in New York in a bar watching the Chiefs game and he put up a, he scored four touchdowns or something. We'd been awake for about 24 hours solid and yeah, Bum, he was either on Bum, Bum or Dawson's team. And, you know, yeah, that he, he was similar, wasn't he? To, you know, very athletic, could do what you want. Him, him and LaShawn McCoy back in those days were sort of, you know, everything weren't they those guys yeah yeah uh cool good question that one i like that um the next question uh, a little bit more binary is the rams fall from grace the worst uh of all of any super bowl champion of all time uh i'm going to answer yes uh, i think it is i don't think i've ever seen a team drop off a cliff with so many of the same players uh as this team 
Um, the 99 Broncos went six and 10, but you know, they'd lost their way. 1981 Raiders went seven and nine. Uh, the 1982 Niners were dreadful, uh, but it was a strikes shortened season. Uh, and, and I think probably you, you can't really count that one. So for me, this this Rams performance with them currently three and eight is the worst Super Bowl defense I've ever seen. And I love it. And it's not like they've lost. They're still a talented group. Yeah, that's that's the crazy thing, isn't it? It's, you know, it's not like they've lost. You know, because a lot of times after teams win Super Bowls, they lose key pieces, don't they? You know, but they have. Yeah. You know, I know OBJ isn't there, but he wasn't there. He wasn't there the whole season anyway. You know, yeah. so that's not like he was sent. You know, yeah, it's they, just they, they very kept strange. Donald, they it? kept Cup. They kept Stafford. They kept the coaching staff. Like you know, it, it's just a dreadful defense. Bobby Wagner's still there. You know, it, yeah. if you, you think, yeah. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> um, next question was, what are your biggest fantasy disappointments of the season? I'll, I'll let you go first, mate. Najee, Najee, you know, they, there you go. Stretch, you know, you, you take a guy, you take a guy in the second round. You, you, you hope to get, you hope to don't trade away from AJ Dillon who will then sit on your bench. That's that. Yeah. From a personal perspective, that's that. Yeah, that, that that that's me. That's me all over. Yeah, he's uh he, he's outside the top twenty running backs. Uh, he was taken two oh two in the draft. Um, so that's a that is a massive disappointment. I Baker asked this question, so I don't know if he was leaning in a particular direction. The other one is obviously Kyle Pitts, uh, who <laughs> yeah. was taken two oh five, and uh, well, he's he's done bits but the bits are very small um isn't he yeah, on ir now as well he's on ir now he's just just had he's surgery a... uh you know best wishes yeah. to kyle pitts um but he's had two touchdowns and two games in double digits which is not what the ballings duo thought they were getting when they drafted him <laughs> so those two i think for me are the biggest fantasy disappointments of the season yeah, it's Pitts is weird because last season he t- did he score one touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And you all thought, no, that's that's just a. And now you're thinking, hmm, was that? Yeah, was that? A... Was that a red flag? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? It's very weird. Very weird. Uh, so I've got some questions for you now, Ed, specifically for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Nice. Nice. As a man who has produced some truly awful fantasy teams, but beaten the odds to make the playoffs, what advice can you give to the perpetual cellar dwellers? So it's all about your draft strategy. And I think I think everybody knows what's going to come in. There's only one way you should be drafting, and that's aggressively. <laughs> you, you you draft aggressively, you 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 pick you pick Calvin Johnson in the first round. Um, that that that's that's usually been my draft strategy, and you know, <laughs> overall, it's worked out fairly well for me. <laughs> you, you take Russell Wilson and, and, until he fell off a cliff. That was always a, a a strong point of contention for me. Um, yeah, you just gotta just gotta go with your gut and don't overthink it. There's a little lesson for you, Val. There you go. <laughs> well, you just mentioned Russ. Uh, one of the next questions oh. was. How do you personally feel about Russ being done? Because he he was definitely one of your guys, wasn't he? 
he was. I, I, I really, I really liked him. You know, it's. A, it, I just like the idea that Seattle paid Matt Flynn all that money um, <laughs> after one game, um, and then and then they drafted him. What third, third or fourth round was it? Um, yeah, and they won the won the won the job, and he just. Yeah, no, I re- I really liked him. I, I like I like the Se- I like that Seahawks jersey. I just there's something about the Seahawks that felt felt good. I got really into watching um, a, 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 a murder documentary about Seattle at the time. It was it was all it was all a little bit of uh, the killing. That's the one the 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 the, the Danish one that's that they did in America. Um, yeah, that, that very very good. Uh, shout out, watch that little wreck for you if no if you've not watched it. Um, yeah, I, I just there's something about him, and then the fact that he managed to to marry Sierra was I always thought it was a bit odd. It was a bit interesting that how has he done that? And then since I actually found out that he's actually a big the biggest loser in the world, I think it's just hilarious. And you know that 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 everybody hates him is is also very very funny. There was a tweet today saying that half of the Broncos team didn't turn up to his um his birthday party. <laughs> Which is like feels uh, like almost unnecessarily cruel to make a headline of it, but I yeah. laughed. No, that's that is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I just, I just always thought he was just. I thought he was a bit odd. I thought, oh god, here's here's the here's the 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 biggest loser I've ever seen. Like it, it just goes to show that talent, you know, despite you kind of doesn't weed it all out and, and you, you still can get to the top if 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 you're a bit of a goon, basically. <laughs> so oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh a couple of Madden related questions for you, uh courtesy of uh, Jack Francis. Oh, okay. So what is your favorite nice. Madden play? Oh God, that is that is a very oh, okay, right, here here's one. Um it's very game specific. Uh, Valen yeah, will very okay. much appreciate this one. On Madden 2005, there was a glitch in the game where you would do fake fullback dive, halfback toss, and it would be a fumble every time. The running back would never get it. It was hilarious. And, and you know, I remember a time when me and Valen played each other, and we 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 would we thought right, well, if we both do it the whole game, one of them is bound to stick. No, not once. <laughs> not not once at all. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, but, I but a, a more favourite one's probably six eight nine hook is 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 a, is a de- is a decent one. Yeah, with a uh, in the shotgun three receive three receivers to the right. Nice, nice, nice. Good play. Uh, I remember playing Madden sixteen with my brother in law, and he has a habit of finding ways to sort of spawn games. He was always the guy on Pro Evo that would <laughs> run down to the byline, right, and and do the cutbacks, which you, you, could, ne- you could never defend. Um, and, it, and he would always find that way. And on Madden 16, we we had like a you know online fantasy draft, you know, and, and we were playing through the season. And he yeah. found a set he found a set of plays, um, uh, and this particular one was called All Crossers. And he lined Kelvin Benjamin of all players up as a tight end. And he had, so he had the tight end crossing and then three other wide receivers crossing and it was impossible. You could not defend it. I had to learn to like manual <laughs> the middle linebacker just to try and like, just to try and limit his yardage because he was just ripping me to shreds. It was so upsetting. So that would be his favorite, but not Kelvin, mine. I nearly, 
I, I nearly bought up Calvin Benjamin. That was a trade, wasn't it? That I nearly bought that one up as a as a bust, to be honest. Yeah. You turn up uh, yeah. Turn up to training camp at like two eighty or something ridiculous, wasn't it? <laughs> Some Eddie Lacey level stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh next next Madden question then was if it's your Madden fantasy draft and you got the number one pick, is it Brian Olucker, Michael Vick? Now, this is this is this is a good question because I'll, am I playing against you lot? Is it a, because if it is, I'm taking Michael Vick. If I'm playing against the computer, I'm taking Erlacher. I would always, always in a fantasy draft, draft defense heavy. Forget about the offense and be like, oh shit, and then end up with someone like Brock Osweiler. Um, you know, Deshaun Kai. You know, all of these kind of shit zippers that would that would end up being my quarterbacks later later on down. The, I I would I would me and Franco when we would do fantasy drafts, we'd always have to after about three or four picks each think we should probably draft someone on the offense now. But um yeah, uh, uh, probably uh, like uh, get that light bulb above his head on uh on Madden uh oh oh eight. Um there you go. Um Vince right. Young on the front and uh yeah, good answer. Love it. All right, that's the end of the questions for you. So, uh, come on, hit me with them. Hit me with these questions. Yeah, just just a, just a, just a few questions. So, um, <laughs> one of our esteemed esteemed uh, colleagues and uh, listeners says, "What is your beef with quarterbacks that aren't drafted in the first or second round? You ha- seem to have a hatred for people drafted outside the second round, i.e., Kirk Cousins, uh, Russell Wilson." You know what is it because you know you don't you don't if they're not a top prospect you don't like them. Can oh, you can it. you I... name a quarterback that wasn't wasn't drafted in the first or second that you that I rate? Well, mm. I mean Tom Brady as uh, <laughs> a pretty obvious example. I mean that, I, I I do think Dak's a good quarterback. He was drafted in the third, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've seems, never really, yeah. I've never really thought about it through the lens of when are these guys drafted and do I hate them because their draft stock wasn't particularly high. Uh, it's it's really just a very personal thing with those quarterbacks that you named. Um, they're just terrible. <laughs> uh, so um, the, there's there's that. Um, I'm trying to think now if there are any other late round quarterbacks that I've really loved, but to be honest, they just don't work out very often, do they? Yeah, they don't get they don't get as long a leash, do they? Which is, you know, if you've draft draft and you put a lot of capital into them with a, a high pick, you tend to get a little bit more, a bit more of a leeway, don't you? Really? Um, yeah. Whereas w- you can move I on. To be clear, that. I also hate some first round uh, quarterbacks as well, like Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> um, you know, oh. Blake Bortles. <laughs> uh, some of these guys went much over Christian, Christian Ponder. Uh, there's also some Christian Ponder. Yeah, so there's there's some bad guys in the early rounds. Uh, no, it's it's more of just a kind of well, this guy is terrible, um, so I don't like them. But I will now review how I view uh, late round quarterbacks, and uh, maybe I'll revisit it uh, after some some deep thought and meditation. Okay. Okay. Nice. Right. Um, n- n- another one for you here. Um, so, so 
you're going to like this one. A bit of a, a bit of a theme for this one. Uh, if the teams in the NFC West were cuts of meat, what would each team be? Okay, all right. Uh, so the San Francisco 49ers would be a uh, prime rib. Uh, the absolute kind of okay. elite level um, creme de la creme of meat cuts, you know, really great, you know, tasty beef and like kind of sought out. Like San Francisco is just kind of like a little bit of a jewel of the West Coast, isn't it? So, and obviously I'm biased um, because I love the Niners um, and and prime rib is, is absolutely my favorite cut of beef. Uh, if I could afford to buy it all the time, I absolutely would. I can't. Um, so th- So that's it for me. Uh, what's what's Seattle? What are we going to say about Seattle? It's kind of you know that sort of workman like team. You know, I'm going to say Seattle's a bit like pulled pork, right? It's it's a pork shoulder, hard working, um, you know, kind of it, not really well thought of for a number of years, but then had a real resurgence when when the kind of scene came about Popular and for, among hipsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, That's pork, Seattle, isn't it? <laughs> pulled pork, pork shoulder as as a cut was not really particularly well thought of, but then barbecue scene really kicked off and um and and it became massively massively popular. So yeah, it's you know I'm I'm never gonna pick like my favorite cuts for for teams that I dislike. Um, <laughs> the the L A Rams. I think the LA Rams are like the tomahawk steak, right? Really flashy. People put gold leaf on them. They sell them for massive prices. Uh, ultimately, is an overrated ribeye, um, and you're paying, you know, for what is a decent steak, but it's no more than a ribeye with a massive bone, frankly. So, uh, I will say that the the Rams are the tomahawk. Um, and then the Cardinals. Um, the Cardinals are a pork chop. Um, I just don't care about them. <laughs> Wow, brutal. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I like that. I like that. I like that. You know, just it's that 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 LA tax, isn't it? I suppose on the on the ribeye. That's that's a good way of uh, <laughs> yeah. good, good way of thinking. Yeah. Okay, like it, like it. <laughs> uh, your next question: You can invite five players, past or present, to a summer grill fest. <laughs> Who gets the nod? <laughs> Vince Wilfork. There should be one very, very obvious answer. <laughs> yeah, Vince Wilfork is there. Yeah, there you uh, go. Of he's he's chefing with me. Uh, I would absolutely love that. We would have so many uh, barbecues on the go. Uh, he's wear obviously dungarees. he's got to wear his dungarees. Well, you, I mean, uh, without without a doubt. Um, <laughs> the dress I, don't, code. I don't feel them quite as well as Vince, but um, uh, yeah, he would have he would have to be there. Uh, who else would I like to come to my to come to my barbecue? I would love to have Frank Gore there. Um, you know, he's my guy, uh, as you guys know. So he, he's got to be there, part of my barbecue. He's probably not going to say a lot, um, you know, but he's he's going to be sat there. He's going to be eating away. I'm going to love that. So I've got three more guys. Blimey, who am I inviting to my barbecue? Um, oh, I really don't. I really don't know who else I would invite. I mean, it's it'd probably just be like a slew of Niners, right? I'd quite like George Kittle. Um because because he's so entertaining. I feel like once the beers get flowing, uh, Kittle is going to be an absolute animal. Um, and he's probably going to, like, after the barbecue, you're going to get dragged into town and uh, you'll, have a, you'll have a really good night out with George Kittle. Um, I am really struggling off the top of my head to to name other players that I would love to have a barbecue if there was... I can't kind of think of anybody obvious. Um, I might invite somebody from New Orleans, um, 
even though I don't particularly like the team, uh, that kind of Louisiana vibe that you could bring to the barbecue would be would be pretty cool. It'd be a little bit of a, a little bit of a different vibe to sort of like standard Texas or kind of Memphis barbecue. So I quite like somebody who can bring maybe a little bit of crawfish broil to the to the mix and have something different because me and Vince are cooking, uh, you know, brisket, just tons yeah. of the stuff. Um, uh, and that's that's probably it. I can't really think of anybody else who stands okay. out uh, as being the, these are the guys I need at my barbecue. Were, were there any suggestions from the question? No, I, I just the the take that you put on it was that it was it was purely for for, for the food related. Whereas if I would have been asked, I would have think right, who's going to be good to have at a barbecue? You know, obviously Vince would have been there for the food, obviously. Yeah. And I'm thinking right, who's gonna who's gonna, we're gonna have a little party? I mean, you might. You, you know, if you want to spice things up, you might get, you know, Ricky Williams in there, you know, he'd be, he'd be guy, you know, <laughs> get a, maybe J Mark, get, yeah, get Jamarcus in there if you want, you know, it's it, that, yeah, that Jamarcus is he's going to eat you out of house and home. Isn't yeah, it? there is that, isn't there? You know, unless he's, he's had so much purple drank that he, that he passes out completely. Um, <laughs> you know, it might be quite interesting to have Antonio Brown there, you know, just to, just to see what he does. Um, and then maybe Gronk, because you know he, he'd always be good value, uh, wouldn't know, he? Yeah, Gronk, Gronk would be good. Gronk and Kittle at your barbecue—that yeah, you'd have a just, you'd have a fun time. Just give them, give you know, pop them down a keg each or two, and then uh, yeah, that that be they'd put some beers back, wouldn't they? Those two, they would. Yeah, <laughs> good question there. that one. Yeah, that, that that was a good question there. I like that one. I wish um, I had time to prep for that one actually, because I could have given it some real thought. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Now, final question that I've got for you. Now, due to your increasing <laughs> dictator mannerisms and dictator, you know, general vibes that you're giving out at the moment, how much do you fear the breakaway breakaway league? Oh, not at all. Oh, <laughs> okay. You guys haven't got the balls for that. Nor have you got the organisation. Yeah, I think I think all the desire that's... to do it. I mean, like, crack on. Well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it would come from within this group of players, but, <laughs> but, but could I see an outside source setting another another league up? I, yes, I, I, could. I could, I could imagine, you know, Dawson setting up a league, and you know, got the time on his hands now, not inviting me to it, you know. But oh no, he's already done that. So oh, oh, oh no, yeah, 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 yeah so, so no, I, I don't, I don't fear the. Uh, the, the breakaway league, you know, part of the reason why we started this league was because um, there wasn't enough kind of like wild rule changes <laughs> in League of Legends. And I feel like this league's going to stay interesting for a little while. So we'll, we'll keep things fresh. And, um, you know, uh, I, 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 I encourage all questions, uh, suggestions. Um, I'm not going to take any of them on board, but I encourage them. Oh yeah, it's it's transparency, isn't it? You know, if, as long as you say, you know, you you can say what you want to me, I'll listen. I'll, I'll then completely disregard what you're saying. But you know, that's 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 one thing to uh, to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any final questions or any final thoughts for the podcast this week? Uh, no, I think that that about that about covers it for me. I think. Well, until next week, guys. Let's ride.